from provinces, but we didn't get the, those reports. The, um, can you please do us a favor to do a follow up about those reports, which is Eastern Cape? It was Eastern Cape. I don't know whether Limpombo and the third one is what. But um, before we close the meeting, I'm going to tell you which which those provinces. Hey, we are in a bad space, especially in KZN. It's bad what has been happening in KZN. And I hear it's about more than 100 schools have been affected. More than so 500. 500. You know, when I say it's 100, it's, uh, it's uh, less. Né? It's really bad. It's really bad. We must pray for KZN. Even we don't know what's going on in other provinces, but in KZN, yo, 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 ah, it's so bad. Honorable members, can we please adopt the agenda? Tando? Tando, help me. I don't see hands. I move for the adoption of the agenda, Member Dongeni, Member Chairperson. Okay, thank you, Honorable Kilion. Any second? I second, Chairperson. It's Christians. Oh, okay, Comrade Christians. So long, I didn't see you. It's a long time. I second for the adoption of the agenda. Okay, thank you. Let's go to apologies. Is it apologies, ne? Tando? I've, I've got two apologies, honorable members. Uh, one apology is from the chairperson of the committee, honorable Tabelang, who's got bereavement in the family. And another one is from the minister. She's in KZN to assess the damage caused by floods in schools. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Okay, here's the apologies, members. Can we adopt? Can we accept the apologies? Agreed, Chairperson. Yes, Honorable Gillian. Agreed, um, Chairperson. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Members. DM, can you please lead us? Because it's the presentation of the of the department. Can you please lead the Discussions. Chair, thank you very much. Greetings to you and greetings to the members. Let me also join Honorable Gillian uh, for paying condolences, our sincerest and deepest condolences to Chairperson Ubabunkadi Ming about the loss. Losing a wife is like your better. Half is gone, half of you is not normal. So we are with the family in prayers and uh, we will be with him. And uh, as we get to know what are the arrangements, we are together with him in this. We can't leave him alone, he's our colleague. Chair, we thank you again to invite the department to come and account to. To, to the select committee 
Chair, before coming to the actual presentation, we are with the, the team basic education is in full house. Uh, minister is in KZN to assess the damage because as of now, we are told at least 500 schools are affected. Some are 100% demolished, washed away, but some will need renovations. Some are just hanging, there's no soil underneath, it's just a school on top. So it's a, it's a serious, serious challenge because we're still trying to fix what was caused by the July incidents. We had not yet completed it. And uh, remember, Chair, we came to the select committee to talk about the overcrowding as we allowed all learners to come back to school. So overcrowding is severe in all the schools and in all the provinces. So we were meeting in the CM and meeting with Treasury and other sister departments to see as to what is it that we can do to help uh, alleviate the rate of, uh, uh, of, 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 of overpopulation in our schools to put additional classrooms. And that process had moved, we're almost at 99%. We're about to start with the implementation. So what has happened in KZN has just caused a stress in the system. Because now whatever we have, when the president promises that uh, will help Nadal, it means money will be taken from other departments and money that was prioritized to do other things now will be taken to KZN because the situation there is extremely bad. The 443 that was mentioned yesterday and today, they wake up, they say it's 448. It tells that the number of the souls that we have lost is more than what is reported because some people are still missing. And those that are missing, we may not say they are still alive or what. So really, they need our prayers. We need to pray for them in our churches who are requesting members to, to pray for them. So in the department today, the DG, we requested him to take leave because he has been all over the country for almost two years. We said, eh, eh, go rest and uh, recuperate your minds so that when you come back, you come back fresh. So the acting DG that is in our midst is DDG Whittle. So it's no longer DDG now, it's our acting DG. So he is in the meeting, he's leading the, the, the delegation, but the presentation will be done by Ms. Deliwenuga. And uh, we are here to present the five-year plan, the strategic planning from 2020-21 to 2024-25, leading to 2030 as per the NDP, which means all our plans must talk to the NDP. That by 2030, all what the NTP said we must have done, we must have done. Unlike what government in general is doing, we have more excuses than the actual implementation. So as South Africa, we need to improve on, the, on implementing our plans because these are our plans we say we are going to implement. So we must learn to focus now on the actual implementation like we are doing. So. Chair, with your permission, let me 
allow the DDG, the, the acting DG to come in. Allow me to do that, Chair, with your permission. Thank you very much. Um, good morning, Deputy Minister. Um, good morning to the Chairperson, Honorable Members. Um, I will introduce the team that we have from the DBE uh, very briefly. We've got Ms. Cheryl Weston, who is a Director for Curriculum, uh, Ms. Carol Nuga Deliwe, who is an Acting DDG for Business Intelligence, uh, Dr. Faith Komalo, who's from the Office of the DG, uh, Mr. Pat Kuno, who is our uh, DDG for Finance and Administration, uh, Mr. Machaba from the Deputy Minister's Office, uh, Mr. Malloy also from the Deputy Minister's Office, uh, Nosipo Mbonambi, our Director for Strategic Planning, um, Ms. Nsetsa Molalekwa, who is the Chief Director for Finance, um, Dr. Pillay, who is the Acting DDG for the Teachers Branch, um, Dr. Rufus Polia, who is Acting DDG for Curriculum, um, Advocate Musa, who is our uh, Chief Director for Legal Services, and then Ms. Simone Gaya, who is the DDG for Districts and Provincial Support. Um, as the Deputy Minister had said, uh, the presentation will be done by Ms. Carol, Carol Nuga Deliwe, and the CFO, Mr. Kuno, will then deal with the with the budgets and finances. So over to you, Carol. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much um, to the honourable members. I'm going to. I don't know whether you can hear me. I'm just going to ask if the presentation can be flighted from the secretariat. Yes. We hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ms. Nuga. We hear you, ne? But can you please show your your photo? Thank you. Let me just adjust the light in this room. Oh. Thank you very much. I don't know whether this is. Actually, yeah, it's better now. Yeah, it's much better. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. Thank you, uh, Onobute. I'm going to uh, then ask for the presentation to be flighted. And while it's being flighted, I will just run through the outline of the presentation. We'll look at the purpose of the presentation, which is basically to present a one-year plan for the department um, to look at where it fits in, as the DM had indicated and the uh, ADG had indicated um, in relation to government's priorities in terms of the NDP, but also in terms of the, the losses that we have experienced, whether it's in terms of infrastructure, uh, water provision, or, or learning and learning outcomes. So all the flux that has, has happened in the sector. We look at the size and shape of the basic education sector and also the background in relation to the priorities of the department. So the, in terms of the size and shape, we know that we've had a huge um, uh, increase in the number of children in the sector, but in terms of the split between the public and the private uh, sector, 
we have had a a a, a fairly a constant five percent of of learners in the in the sector are in the independent schools. And the reason that the differences there's differences in terms of the educators and the schools is because independent schools tend to have fewer learners um, and a smaller learner to educator ratio. So we see nine percent of the educators are in the independent sector, um, and nine percent of the schools that we have, because the schools tend to be smaller than than the average school in the sector. Um, we also then next next slide please look at the background. Where where are we? Where are we going in terms of the 2024? We're at the mid-year of the medium-term strategic five-year uh, uh, framework. We're looking at uh, where we are in terms of our strategic plan as a department that leads, if you like, the other departments. And it would have, it, it's very encouraging to see that the provincial departments are also being asked to, to come to the party in relation to the constitutional arrangements that they have um, in terms of contributing to the overall sector mandate. Um, we are going to be uh, also looking at, we're in the third year of the MTSF, and we're looking at, we're going to be looking at the learning losses, which we know have been um, very substantial in the part, in, in the in the sector, um, and also in terms of the inequalities and the growth that we've had over the last 10, 10 to 15 years, um, especially in the lower quintiles, those learning losses threaten to overcome and overwhelm um, the, those, those, the gains that have been made in the sector. So it's extremely important that we locate this in, rela in relation to what we've experienced over the last two years and how we have to now really uh, accelerate some of the reforms um, in the sector. So the key, key government priorities, as we know, uh, education, skills, and health are the third priority um, in, in, in the seven priorities within government. Um, and in relation to particularly within our outcomes, the priority three, we have five outcomes. We have outcomes that relate to improving school readiness. And under that outcome, we look at early childhood development. We look at the, 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 the foundation phase um, outcomes, amongst others. Um, we'll touch on, on some of those later on. Outcome two looks at 10-year-old learners enrolled in publicly funded schools who are, can read for meaning. Um, and we look at various interventions and programs related to that. Again, we'll touch on those in the annual uh, performance plan, but also in relation to our strat plan. And we will look at the youths better prepared for further studies and the world of work beyond grade nine. We'll talk about some of the work that's to do with the general education and training, um, general education certificate uh, amongst others, and, and also special curriculum interventions for young people to be able to have certification and qualifications, including academic qualification. Outcome four looks at uh, youth leaving the system, more prepared to contribute to a prosperous and equitable South Africa. And uh, outcome five looks at infrastructure and the environment and, and uh, that inspires learners to learn and teachers to teach. In relation to the action plan then, which is really the sector plan, all these plans, almost are nesting plans that are, as, as DM had mentioned, they will lead us towards the realization of schooling, quality schooling in 2030. So we have 27 goals in our action plan and we have shared most of the, these goals uh, with the honorable uh, uh, members. Uh, many of these goals are related to what we will do in the sector and 
the other goals, half of the, the, the goals deal with how we will make sure that we, we get literacy and numeracy right. We get young people prepared for the world of work and for their post-schooling careers. Um, and many of those relate to, the others relate to governance, how we will get management right, how we'll get infrastructure right, all the things that are reflected in our annual performance plan, teacher preparedness, teacher development, et cetera. We then look at the, the, this particular administration, the sixth administration, and, and reflect on the Council of Education Ministers' uh, found, uh, uh, reflection at the beginning of the, of the administration. Of course, this was before, long before COVID uh, became a, a global uh, 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 concern and shock to not just education systems or health system, but you can see that these priorities of outcomes, uh, numeracy and literacy, reading, implementing a curriculum that uh, with skills and competencies for a changing world, uh, dealing with quality and efficiency issues, um, including reducing failure, repetition and dropout, um, were, were, were critical and recognized and approved by, laid down by this Council of Education Ministers in the sector. We also looked at the NDP priority of two years of ECD before grade one and the migration then of the ECD function from the Department of Social Development to, to, the, to basic education. We, we, the CEM also was looking at infrastructure development, including maintenance, um, as well as and, and some of those areas that the DM had spoken about are certainly areas that the sector has been grappling with for, for quite a few years, but they have been thrown into relief, if you like, and, and, and uh, uh, been thrown into, really been highlighted in relation to their importance in the sector. And then finally, the issues of social cohesion, health, safety, um, particularly psychosocial health and, and uh, uh, mental health issues, which have come to the fore in the last few years, but which have been um, within the, the sector uh, a concern for quite a while. So we, we also, in our, our discussions within the department, but also within the sector, um, look at the state of the nation addresses and look at the priorities that have been lifted uh, in, the, in those addresses. These addresses really are pronouncements, public pronouncements of government's uh, um, commitments, but they're also to help us to align with the, 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 our responsibility to the public. So those, these annual plans are presented within that context. We look at SONA 2021, and we carry that over to SONA, uh, the, the, the learning disruptions, the issues affecting learn, learners, the schooling uh, disruptions that have been placed on families, communities, teachers, um, the education family, but also families and households. And we look at the priority to regain lost time um, and to improve educational outcomes from the early years right through to higher education, higher, to, to higher grades, and post-school education and training. We also look at the implications for early childhood development. Then we look at SONA 2022, we look at issues of infrastructure uh, within the education system. We look at the financing and funding um, issues as well as the quality of delivery um, and the importance of uh, ensuring that we look at employment and maintenance and 
the supply of skills into the infrastructure development and maintenance space. We also in SONA 2022 had to reflect on the president's comments and, and commitments on employment of education assistance and uh, the learning losses to re return to normal educational activity and to work hard to ensure that learners and students get the quality they, of education they need and deserve, especially in the lower quintiles. So in the majority of the an analysis that we do, we also look at what's happening to learners from the lower in, in schools uh, from in the lower quintiles to make sure that we are actually able to, to come forward with these commitments. So our progress on a selected key deliverables, we thought we would reflect on some of those with the honorable members, whether it's in terms of ACD delivery or the next slide in terms of the NSE performance, in spite of the challenges that have been faced by not just our country, but also countries all around the world, we had a record uh, 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 NSC performance, uh, surprising, especially because we had so many more learners uh, in participating in the NSC than, than ever before. Next slide, please. We look at the number of bachelor passes. We look at the number of learners who's passed the NSC in 2021, and we've, we've really disaggregated uh, those by province, but also disaggregated those by the different types of, of qualifications. Next slide, please. We look at also the uh, delivery in terms of the workbooks, uh, the delivery status. We always deliver uh, workbooks well before uh, the grade and the time that they are needed in schools. And on slide 23, we'll see the, the breakdown of delivery progress per province. We then look at the Funza Lushaka supply uh, placement of um, new teachers, new and young teachers. Um, as at the end of December 2021, these were the placement rates. We have updated those. Um, we, we, are, we are updating those this, this, um, this table um, in terms of placement as we get information from provinces. Next slide, please. And you'll see that it's a fairly, he fairly healthy uh, placement rate overall of 76% as at the end of December. We look at also allocated post fill per province, and you'll see the differences in the different provinces in relation to filled uh, posts. Again, you can see the percentage of filling in the last three columns um, over the last um, few, few, few quarters. Pro, uh, slide 26 looks at the percentage of schools filled by interval per province. It's the same kind of information by province as at the end of December. Next slide, please. Looks. We look then at nutrition program. These are all areas where the Department of Basic Education has huge span and huge scope in terms of the work that we do through provinces, but also with individual learners. The nutrition program is a particularly uh, important program, especially concerning um, how far we've come. And we, we managed to cover uh, uh, 9 million learners by as at the end of December 2021. It's acknowledged as a huge uh, uh, intervention in not just in South Africa, but also within the developing world. Uh, next slide, please. We looked then at the ECD function shift and there's some information on slide 30 around the function shift. I know that honorable members have been briefed on this function shift uh, that really deals with three modalities for offering early childhood development. 
we have to, to on the one hand, receive the function, but on the other hand, build the institutional arrangements uh, necessary for the function shift in addition to the legislation and the administrative arrangements around just getting uh, personnel, getting the funding, etc. We have to also build the quality assurance systems for delivery, because at the end of the day, we're talking about school preparedness and uh, the readiness, cognitive, but also health and psychosocial readiness of young children. So in support of this, then, in addition to the, the proclamations that, please go back to the last slide, please, slide 30. In addition to the proclamations, we've also had work around just the planning uh, foundations, the data foundations, and mapping the size and shape. As we have done for schools, we're bringing that in, uh, knowledge into the ECD space and mapping exactly where these programs are, who is within those programs, and how do they provide services to, to children. We've completed a census, census of all learning programs, and we've just launched the, the results of the early years index <clears throat> to provide a baseline really of where we are in relation to ECD centers and ECD provisioning. So that, that will then form the basis of a registration system, which is under development and adapted from existing uh, uh, um, best practice uh, systems within the country and within provinces. And then we'll use that then to, to provide better quality uh, services across the across the country. Of course, ECD is, a, is, 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 is has three modalities, play group, center-based programs, but also home-based programs. And the department is responsible for leading these with the responsible functions in health in, and social development who have, and also in the local government, which, which all together come together, have to come together to provide quality uh, system. So the Department of Basic Education will do the, the education-related functions, but will lead other departments to ensure that they also uh, provide the, 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 the service package that's required to make children actually learn and school prepared for school. So I, I'm really going into detail with some of these areas because they, they do provide the context to where we are. The next few slides just look at really how do we come to ensure that we have a, a coherent system, whether we're talking about ECD, the next slide please, or we're talking about um, our annual plans and ensuring that we're coherent within the NDP. We have a huge amount of input in relation to our, our annual plans, whether it's from the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation, the Auditor General, um, and as, as mentioned, the presidency, uh, we have revised our DBE outcomes, uh, slide 35, to more clearly reflect uh, what we are delivering. We have been very clear in the next slide about the link between the medium-term strategic framework and the different outcomes and outputs that we have in the Department of Basic Education. And we've encouraged our provincial colleagues to do exactly the same thing. So I'm hoping that when we do get the presentations from the provincial colleagues, they'll also be able to link very clearly the things that they do with what is expected of them in the public commitments that have been made by this government. So the next few slides just speak to that. I'm going to slide 40, which looks at the APP itself, and it has the detail um, of how we came to the final APP, 
what the inputs were, what the strengthening, what strengthening happened, what the different uh, departments of oversight, including the Department of Women, Youth and People with Disabilities, the National Treasury, um, gave feedback on our drafts, and we incorporated these into the, 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 the APP. The next two or three slides look at the specifics of what we were asked to do and we addressed, um, but we include those there so that we have some accountability, especially to uh, the Select and Portfolio Committee on how we come to have this plan. We also, on slide 44, look at this APP in relation to strengthening uh, uh, um, the work that we're doing and the commitments we've made in terms of better accountability systems for principals, um, accounting for performance um, and learning outcomes, especially um, improving effective uh, teacher development, professional learning communities, technology enhanced in-service training. Uh, we also have a, a lot of work um, that we've, we've started to do around just strengthening how provinces respond to standardized indicators for the sector. It is one sector. We have nine provincial APPs. We are presenting on our APP as a national department, but the nine provinces also, because the resources come to them, they need to also show that they're able to respond to national development priorities. And this is what we've been doing over the last five years now to ensure that that happens. We also, in responding to the, the to developing the APP and the strategic plan, we had cabinet recommendations for the department to work with different departments on the national integrated policy for ECD, including funding. So that's something that is very urgent and that uh, during the 2022-23 financial year, DBE will be doing. Um, the DBE and DP, Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, as DM had indicated, will engage on infrastructure development, planning and maintenance. Those are things, again, which we will be working in the background, but also within our plans uh, to ensure so that we can report back to cabinet. Next slide, please. We have work that we have to do on uh, teacher, teacher supply and demand. We're working with the Department of Higher Education and Training. We have work that we're doing on uh, connecting schools with the Department of Communications and Digital Technologies. And again, in the work that we do, this, this really is, uh, forms the backbone of, of that connectivity drive and with other departments on zero rating educational websites and working with the DPME to evaluate not just reading, but also numeracy programs that hold promise. In addition, is work to do cost-effectiveness studies on teacher development and improving the quality of teaching in our school. So the detail of that is in the documents, um, in slide 46, but we are also ensuring that we institutionalize this with our provincial colleagues, but also led by the Department of Basic Education. So in this and future APPs, we'd expect to be using the information and using the, 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 the efforts um, that we make in these collaborations um, to populate our plans. So the next slide just looks at the strategic plan, which we have uh, presented before. Uh, um, and the different uh, indicators that relate to the different outcomes 
um, by the end of 2024, we're going to be reporting on the proportion of six-year-olds enrolled in educational institutions, five-year-olds enrolled in educational institutions, and also grade R learners who are school ready. Next slide, please. We're going to also be looking at the number of youth obtaining bachelor passes in the NSC by 2024 and we from the baseline. And we're well on track for, 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 for these uh, targets. We're going to be looking at the number of youth obtaining 60% and above in maths by 2024 and uh, in physical science by 2024. Next slide, please. So similarly for outcome two, we're going to be looking at uh, improving learning outcomes in grades six, nine, six and nine through the systemic evaluation. The systemic evaluation is a new assessment which will measure key uh, uh, learning outcomes um, in, in grades six, three, six, and nine uh, over the next, by, by the 2024. So the targets are still, still to be determined because the first assessment is just underway. Next slide, please. We have also the SACMEC uh, regional assessment where grade six reading and numeracy is assessed. Is, is determined. We have a baseline uh, for grade six uh, in 2013, and by 2022, we have a target for that. We also be, will be assessing grade nine maths and science by 2023 next year, and we have a target that we're going to be reporting on by then. Next slide, please. So that the strategic plan just looks at the different outcomes, as I mentioned earlier, and the outcome three looks at specific outcomes related to these skills uh, using different regional and international assessments. Next slide, please. We will be looking at also connectivity, um, as mentioned, as well as the availability of reading materials for indigenous languages, African languages. Um, and uh, slide 40, 54 looks at the, next slide, please. The, 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 strategic interventions to assist and, and develop uh, provincial education systems. And that really looks at uh, mediation se sessions um, and the interpretation of assessment data and information, the interaction between the Department of Basic Education and districts uh, amongst others. Next slide, please. So the annual performance plan then is developed within that context of a five-year plan. Um, and every year we give effect to those priority areas. This year we're going to be, thank you. So we have four parts as the, the, the DM had mentioned and the, D, the acting DG has men, had mentioned. Um, I will go straight through to uh, the next, yes, that's right. Thank you very much. We have five programs. Next slide, please. And we have, uh, in the 2022-23 APP, we have 70 indicators. 58 of these, uh, we have uh, 58 annual targets, and we have targets that are 10 quarterly targets, one target, which is biannual, which we measure twice a year. I have to remind myself every time the difference between biannual and biennial, and one which we, we one target which we, did, we, we, we insert every two years for the different branches. And you can see that split in the slide, slide 58. Next slide, please. 
we have various indicators which we had removed um, from the existing APP as opposed to the previous APP, mainly because uh, most of these uh, are either long-term uh, indicators which we've been monitoring and they have now been institutionalized as in the post allocation, but secondly, also where the events have happened. So the, the amendment of the legislation to regulate uh, ECD has been done, it's been completed, we remove it from the APP because there's been a presidential proclamation and it's, it's happened. As of the 1st of April, the Department of Basic Education is responsible for this, this function. Next slide, please. Next slide looks at new indicators or indicators which have been reintroduced, which were possibly previously dropped because of the COVID uh, uh, situation. We are not able to, to do certain um, Issue, things under lockdown. And so for the previous uh, APP, we had to take them, like the SASKE program, for instance, which was suspended. We've reintroduced that indicator. We've introduced an indicator on uh, monitoring the provision of uh, nutritious meals and compliance with feeding requirements by reinforcing our role as the leader, lead uh, department in overseeing the nine provinces. So we'll be pro providing an annual sector report on the provision of nutritious meals and compliance for the purposes of this monitoring. We also have a, uh, an, a new indicator on oversight of conditional grants. Uh, next slide, please. So program one indicators look at uh, uh, invoices, uh, misconduct cases resolved, capacity building programs offered, uh, conditional grant uh, reports submitted on time and in compliance with, really, with, with legislation, APP and quarterly reports submitted and provided in compliance with the legislation. And you can see the targets there. Next slide, please. The next one looks at program two, which is mainly to do with curriculum, looking at Areas which have been indicated in the previous uh, APPs, technical schools monitored, um, learners who are obtained uh, subject passes using a, towards the NSC or extended senior certificate using upgraded NSC through a second chance program. We also look at children with profound and intellectual disabilities using learning programs that are specially developed for them. We're looking at the implementation of a policy on screening, identification, assessment, and support. Um, and we're looking at oversight of, of, of particularly that in, the, in terms of the implementation by province, the all nine provinces. So in this APP, we're really looking at the, the NEPA requirements for the national department's oversight of provincial departments and working with our provincial colleagues through provincial headcom, headcom subcommittees and provincial engagements on their role in implementation and in, in supplementing what the Department of Basic Education at National does. Next slide, please. We're looking also at various national reports on the development of the funding model for ECD, um, ECD uh, uh, census um, implementation, development of a management information system for ECD, HRD uh, plan for ECD, um, and districts monitored on the implementation of the national curriculum statement. We're looking at the provinces monitored and extra support classes, and also uh, on specifically 
a compulsory entrepreneurship program, um, schools that are monitored for implementing those. So those are areas of uh, 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 skills, uh, training and skills development in relation to skills for a changing world. Next slide, please. We have uh, uh, indicators that relate to the implementation of the general education certificate in grade nine, and we will be providing annual reports on the implementation in terms of quality efficiency, but also in terms of uh, the, the scope of, of, of provision. We'll also be looking at how schools uh, pilot, implement and pilot the technical occupational stream curriculum and uh, the coding and robotics curriculum. In this particular uh, 2.1.13 indicators, we do not have a target yet because we have budget constraints. So we'll have indicators and uh, targets for the first two years, 18 schools, which are monitored, two per piloting province um, in 2022 and 2023-24 years, but nothing yet in the 2024-2025 in the uh, financial year. Just highlighting that. Next slide, please. We have also monitoring of reading norms, incremental introduction to African languages, all areas where we have, we've had in the previous APPs, the implementation of the early grade reading assessment, the multi-grade toolkits, the uh, national reading plan implementation, as well as uh, public schools, which are monitored on the availability of readers, especially in African languages. So those are, again, indicators we've had in the previous annual performance plan. They supplement the monitoring and the provisioning that provincial departments have. We'd expect provincial departments also to be doing this work. Um, and we would be monitoring them over and above what they do. Next slide, please. We have monitoring also for ICT uh, utilization for the work, home language and maths workbooks for learners um, after, and also for workbooks for learners in grade R and um, an annual sector report produced on learners provided with maths and English first additional language texts in grade three, six, and nine. Textbook provisioning is done by the, by the provincial departments. We will be providing a, an accountability report um, at national level on how provinces are actually doing in this respect. So as they receive the resources for, for, for provisioning of textbooks. Next slide, please. Whereas we provide workbooks, national workbooks. The next slide looks at the schools monitored for home languages where lesson plans have been developed for term one to four. Again, this is something that is over and above what provinces do. Uh, provinces do this work and we oversee it and we've got uh, targets for that. We have special schools with access to electronic devices. Again, we have low targets and no outer year targets due to budget constraints and outer year, but we've committed to medium term targets um, for the first two years of 70 and 70. We have also an annual sector report on monitoring procurement and distribution of ICT devices and also on the number of teachers trained on inclusion in, in across schools in the country. So we'll be providing a, a, a snapshot, an oversight of what provinces are doing, how they're doing it at increasing levels of detail over the next, next three years. Next slide, please. We have sector reports on the number of learners in public special schools, again, to make uh, to be 
very clear about how inclusive our education sector is. We're looking at uh, the percentage of public special schools serving as a resource centers. We'll be monitoring, monitoring provinces um, over the years and we'll be providing a public report on exactly what is going on in relation to resource centers, special schools which are resource centers. The establishment of focus schools for province, provincial education department will be providing uh, implementation reports on that over the next three years. Next slide, please. And uh, these are APP, in terms of program three, we're looking at uh, governance and management um, as well as the uh, resource utilization um, in relation to new teachers. We're looking at uh, reporting on uh, school governing bodies that meet the minimum criteria in terms of effectiveness. And we've been doing that. Um, and we will be looking at over the next three years, 70% um, targets of 70%, 90%, and 50% of 1,000 sample schools. So we'll look, go to 1,000 schools and check the effectiveness against minimum criteria um, for school governing bodies. Again, we expect that we, 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 we have SGBs which are elected every so often. We don't elect them every year, in which case then the targets fluctuate because of that. We look at also a percentage of schools producing the minimum set of management documents at the required standard. We need policy documents of management and coordination to be at school level, and we will do that um, through a sample survey. The number of Hunza Lushaka bursaries awarded to students, we monitor those on a regular basis, and we they feed into the teacher supply uh, concerns that we've had, especially now that we are recognizing that more teachers are planning to leave the system, but also teachers are taking, um, uh, we have an aging teacher cohort. We have also quarterly monitoring reports on the percentage of Funza Lushaka graduates placed, and I think I presented some information on that. We have a report on that. We have a national report also on the number of younger teachers who are entering the public service as teachers. So we have targets related to that. Next slide, please. We then have also the uh, sector report on what's happening actually in terms of the provincial teacher development institutes and teacher development centers. These are areas where we need to ensure that we are effective, areas where we need to ensure that we have infrastructure, but also we have the tools of trade to ensure that these school, these uh, centers and institutes actually provide the support that they need. We will be monitoring what provinces do in that respect, as well as developing standards for them. Um, we are also, sorry, we can just go back to the last, yeah. So it's the sector report on teacher development programs by PED with a special focus on language, math, physical science, and accounting. Of course, there will be other areas, but for the time being, we will just be focusing on these particular um, curriculum areas. Next slide, please. We will then also be looking at the post-provisioning uh, processes for compliance. Nine, the nine provincial departments have to uh, uh, finalize their post-provisioning by the end, towards the end of the year, and we, we monitor compliance in that respect. We monitor also the quality of um, preparedness of grade R practitioners every every year, and we look at the an, annual sector reports on this. 
we also look at the content of the annual sector reports, not just an annual sector report, but actually the content of it, so that we're covering issues relating to quality, efficiency, effectiveness, coverage, um, coverage and access, amongst others. So we'll be looking at um, these areas of, 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 of these functional areas. We'll also look at the compliance with the PMDS and quality management system uh, prescripts for of provinces. Provinces are responsible for implementing this, and we will have oversight of those provinces and we'll be providing that information in the public in terms of our public responsibility to account for performance. Next slide, please. And then in terms of ACD, we'll be looking at the 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 these particular targets um, because the ACD project is intended to come to an end by March 2023. We have uh, targets for new skills, new schools built, schools provided with sanitation facilities, and school provided with water facilities through ACD. Those targets are there: 30, 450, and 50. We have test items which are developed for assessing learning outcomes in grade three, six, and nine. Again, speaking to that NDP priority um, for developing, getting young people to be prepared for the world of work and post-school. We have a number of national senior certificate reports produced and question papers set for these examinations. And we also have a, a percentage of targets and indicators for percentage of public schools using the SA SAMs for reporting, which is uh, at a high level and which we are glad to report is, is, is uh, sufficiently comprehensive, which we're modernizing and sufficiently comprehensive to manage, to help uh, principals and staff at, at school to manage their, use technology to manage their administration. Next slide, please. We have uh, program four, we have uh, annual sector reports, annual national reports on how LURIT's uh, learner unit record information and tracking system is being used, which monitors learner movements through the schooling system, sometimes out of the schooling system and back into the schooling system. It's an EMIS uh, uh, system, and we're monitoring how provinces use this, both just to get administrative data, but increasingly now with learning losses to monitor dropout and repetition rates the EMIS unit is particularly working with provincial departments to do that so that at a provincial level, they're able to, to quantify and identify areas where there are concerns around dropout, repetition um, in, within, within provinces, because those things are, we are only able to do that at provincial level with good data systems. We have a national report on the new national assessment framework. I mentioned the systemic evaluation and um, the exams and uh, those are part of, components of the National Assessment Framework. It, would, it will include the school-based assessments and other assessments in which uh, um, the country, the, the system um, schools uh, participate. And all of those really are part of the National Assessment Framework, which will be developed over the next few years and will become more and more comprehensive and more and more integrated over time. We have a national report on early learning to determine school readiness um, of young children and we'll be, we, we are that in that report we'll be reflecting on the latest evidence of early learning but also the concern around numeracy and uh, uh, literacy 
um, outcomes, especially within the, the children from serving from uh, poorer communities. And um, next slide, please. We'll then also be under program for looking at district uh, district officials and their their the district officials, especially from those uh, areas where the NSC uh, benchmarks that that are below the NSC benchmark. We'll look at the percentage of school principals who rate the support services of districts as being satisfactory. We measure this every two years, just to help us to target district. Uh, support resources. District directors that have undergone competency assessments prior to their appointment, we look at underperforming secondary schools monitored at least twice a year by sector officials. We'll be looking at how we, we reflect also on primary schools in future APPs. We'll also be looking at district director forums which are held and uh, districts in which teacher development has been conducted according as per district improvement plan. I think, again, you can see how integrated the system is. It's not just about districts, but also about how districts actually enhance learning outcomes and teaching, teacher development and teacher preparedness um, in, the, in the work that they do. Next slide, please. Then we have an annual sector report um, on the provision of nutritious meals, HIV, AIDS, skilled education, uh, business plans, uh, PEDs with approved business plans, Districts monitored on, on policy, the implementation of various safety, social cohesion, sports and enrichment policies, and then um, uh, number of participants in uh, social cohesion programs. We've, done, we've, we've monitored all of these before. Again, these are over and above what provinces do. Um, number of districts implementing programs to end school-related gender-based violence. We monitor that and we um, have interventions um, which we cascade to provinces, and the number of professionals trained in the uh, implementation of the SASKI, um, Coral, Coral Stedford. So those, again, we're back to actually having targets for that after suspending that for a while. Next slide, please. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Chairperson and uh, DM. I'll hand over to the Yes, uh, thanks, Carol. Uh, good morning, Chairperson. Let me just turn on my my video. Yes, good good morning, Chairperson, and members of the Select Committee, DM, and colleagues from the DBE. I'll deal with the issues relating to budget allocations. Next slide. Our MTEF budget for the three years, uh, starting 2022-23 and ending in 2020-24-25, the top figure shows where the budget started, the indicative allocation. Uh, for the first year, the, the initial allocation was $29.3 billion. For the second year, it was 30.0 billion. For the third year, it was 31.4 billion. And those, those top figures are made up of the, 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 the two figures below, which is the departmental baseline of 6.5 billion, 
6.2 billion and 6.5 billion plus conditional grants to provinces of 22.8 billion, 23.8 billion, and 24.8 billion. So is these big figures here, the 22, 23, 24, are made up of all the figures below. Uh, for example, uh, uh, the education infrastructure infrastructure grant or EIG is 12.2 billion, 12.7 billion, 13.3 billion, and the NSNP or National School Nutrition Program is 8.5 billion, 8.8, 9.2 billion. I won't go through all of them just to show what what makes up the budget. Let's go to the next slide. Then. At the bottom of that slide, uh, that's where we show in the baseline reduction and the total is 53.5 million each of the three years. Uh, basically, that's uh, the, the budget cuts, if one may put it that way. And those budget cuts are made up of uh, departmental agencies and accounts, 3 million goods and services, 24.4 million, as well as the Funzalu Shaga Bazari, 26.1 million over the three years. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, these are additional adjustments to, uh, to conditional grants. For example, uh, conditional grants, uh, the total conditional grants to provinces so 167 for the first year and 325 for the second year. And that top figure is made up of all the conditional grants at the bottom there. The biggest one is the EIG or Education Infrastructure Grant by 154 million and the 325 million. Uh, let's go to the next slide. Yeah, this slide, it's, 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 it's the last slide from 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 the beginning, basically, when I started, I showed that the initial budget started at 29 billion. Uh, I think for the first year it was 29.3 billion. Uh, so all those figures that we show in the budget cards and the additional uh, uh, allocations, uh, after we've added them together, they come then to the final budgets. For the first year, the final budget will be 29.5 billion. Second year, it will be 30.3 billion. Third year will be 31.4 billion. If we can just go back a few slides so that I can just give context. Uh, yeah, just go back. Go back. Yeah. So what we are saying, yeah, sorry. What we are saying is that this top figure. Uh, this this top line here, if you add a few figures and go and deduct the budget cuts, you then come to the figures at the bottom of slide 80. So that, that's, that's, that's the, the whole context. We just go back to slide 80. Yeah, this one. So basically, that's the journey we've, we've, we've been showing to say this was the initial budget. Uh, but ultimately it ends up with 29.55 billion. Uh, what I want to also 
uh, highlight in this uh, in this slide 80 is the fact that the budget increases year on year for example it's not shown on this slide but uh, I just want to talk to the budget that we had in the current year, the, the year that we, we're not showing here. In the current year, our budget was 27.2 billion. But now, it, next year, it's going to increase to 29.5 billion, which is an increase of 2.3 billion. And the reason why last or the, the current year's budget or last year's budget has increased by 2.3 billion. It's mainly because of the fact that we've taken over the ECD function. But then going forward between, between the 2022-23 year and the 23-24 year, the increase is very minuscule. It increases from 29.29.5 billion to 30.3 billion, which is just about 800 million. And then for the outer year, it increases from 30.3 billion to 31.4 billion, which is about 100 million increase. So, so I'm just highlighting that uh, due to uh, budgetary constraints, the, the increases year on year are not what they used to be in the previous years. If we can go to the next slide. Uh, this is the same budget. Same figures, except that on here, just go back one slide, I think, the program. Yeah, yeah. Just that on, on this slide shows the same figures, total figures, but it's just showing it per program, program one, program two, three, four, and five. So it's basically the same figures we showed uh, previously. And then in the next slide, sorry, uh, next slide, please. Economic classification, we're showing the same figures, it's just that it's broken down differently by economic classification, like your compensation of employees, goods and services, interest, transfers and subsidies, and payments of, of capital assets. Next slide. This slide uh, showed earmarked funds. Uh, the, bigger, the biggest one of them is, is workbooks of 1.2 billion uh, across the board. And the total for earmarked funds uh, for the first year is 1.299, One can see that actually there's not much increase. For example, between the, the first year and the second year, there's actually a very slight decrease uh, of about one, one, one million. Uh, uh, and then uh, in the next, the, the, the third year, basically over the three years, there's, there's just about 50 million rand worth of uh, 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 increases. That, that's just a sign of uh, the, the, the budget constraints that we, we're going through. Next slide. Yeah, this slide shows the conditional grants. Uh, our biggest conditional grant uh, is the education infrastructure grant, 12 billion, 13 billion, and 13 billion. And the second biggest one is uh, the National School Nutrition Program, 8.5, 8.89.2. 8 but the total there, as you know, takes the same trend that I've, I've spoken about, where where the increases are very small. First year is 23 billion, second year is 24.1 billion, just an increase of 150 million. 
and then the third year is 24.8 uh, 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 billion, which is an increase of uh, about uh, seven seven hundred and fifty. Uh, next slide, please. Seven hundred fifty million. Sorry. Then these are other transfers, like transfers to UNESCO. The biggest transfer, of course, is uh, Funzalushaga or NS NSFAS, which is one point three billion, one point three billion, and one point three billion. And then the total there is uh, this is just a subtotal because it goes through two 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 slides. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah, the the the, the next slide shows uh, it's a continuation of the previous one, and and it shows the transfers to public entities of 178, 179, 186 uh, uh, million. And it's, it's, this top here is total of all these public entities. It, there's three public entities, Malusi, ETDP, CETA, as well as SAIS or South African Council for Educators. But the total, the, 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 the gross total for, for other transfers is 1.6 billion, 1.6 billion, and 1.7 billion. So as one can see, it's still the same trend where the increases for year on year are not uh, are not that uh, material. Next slide. Thank you, Chair. Basically, our recommendation is that the, the select committee should uh, uh, note and discuss the DBE strategic plan for 2020, 21 to 2024-25, as well as the annual performance plan APP for 2022-23, as well as the budget. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Dr. Whittle was traveling to the airport, Chair, uh, and I'm not sure whether he is available because he's going to be joining the minister in KZN. So if he is he's not able to connect, I'll then hand over to the DM. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, CFO. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. I'm also on the road. I don't know if I'm audible enough, but uh, this is the presentation from the Department of Basic Education on the five-year strategic plan and the 2022-23 annual performance plan. Thank you, Chair. And the budget. CM, we hear you, whether you are on the road, but we hear you. Members, here is the presentation from the department. Any take, any questions, any clarity? Sando? 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 Hey, Tando, I'm here. On a, I'm here, Chair. Can you please help me? Any hands? Uh, I see the hand of Honorable Christian for now. Okay, Honorable Christian. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I'm not going to put on my, my video. We also have load shedding at the moment. Um, so I'm using my phone. Uh, Chairperson, okay. I have a few questions to ask. First of all, just I just want to, first of all, send my condolences to 
our chairperson of our select committee on the death of his, his wife. Um, we are so very sorry to hear that and may God grant them um, the necessary peace and healing towards that. And then also my condolences to everybody in KwaZulu-Natal who has lost a family member. And especially I've heard in our news reports that we've lost 57 pupils in KwaZulu-Natal and five are still missing. So my, my sincere condolences to all the families that have been impacted by the tragedy in KwaZulu-Natal. Um, I would like to start then with KwaZulu-Natal and I would like to know by the Department of Education, and I know it's early days, but what has so far been discussed with regard to temporary and long-term solutions for the schools in KwaZulu-Natal that have been impacted? We've heard news reports that um, the damage has amounted to 400 million and that 630 schools will not be reopening as of now. So what are the immediate plans to assist those 630 schools and to see to that those children can return to schooling as soon as possible. And then with regard to the strategic plan and the APP, I would like to go to the teacher recruitment and training for 2020 and 2021-2024-2025. Uh, now, does the department have a percentage that they can indicate to us um, per province how many teachers are needed throughout the country and also what is being done. Also in terms of teacher recruitment, which subjects um, are needed in terms of teacher placements. And then with regard to ECDs, um, are the number of teachers adequate for the implementation of the ECD in the first phase towards um, the implementation in the Department of Basic Education and Training? And then I take note of the targets that were shown uh, by the Department of Education. But in terms of school governing bodies, um, in terms of the criteria used for to determine the effectiveness, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more on that. Um, are they effective? We didn't really get an indication of whether or not those schools that were targeted, how effective they actually were and what training um, they were given to determine um, or to ensure that uh, their capacity is being improved. And then the Funza Lusaka bursaries, um, I take note that quite a bit of money has been put aside to NSFAS for the Funza Lusaka bursaries, which is very encouraging in terms of easing our demand for teachers. <clears throat> I would like to know by the Department of Education um, which subjects they are targeting for those Funza Lusaka bursary recipients. <clears throat> and then very little was said about the eradication of um, the complete eradication of, of pit toilets. I take note of the fact that there are some that were targeted and some that have been um, eradicated. But in terms of a complete eradication, do we have a date set out yet for that complete eradication? And then in terms of the teacher assistance, we've heard reports that um, were said that teacher assistants were not allowed to do any training or to further their qualifications. I would like to know if that is true. 
from the Department of Education side? And if not, what is the long-term um, plans for the teacher assistance at the schools? Uh, that is all I have for now. Um, if necessary, I will submit um, in, in writing. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Christian. I see Honorable Gillian. Am I right, Kando? Yes, Chair. Okay, Honorable Gillian. Honorable Gillian. Sorry, my my I didn't switch on the mic, Chair. Thank you. Chairperson, thank you. <clears throat> Let me also add my voice in conveying my condolences to the people of KZN, um, especially those who have lost their loved ones. Also, those who are still looking for loved ones, and especially to the the schooling community. Um, Chairperson, this morning, um, I I watch, um, and I I know the TM can can give us quite a bit more on this, but there was one school that was shown on the news how uh, we could we could see the damage um in the we could we could see the damage in this one school and it looks devastated i don't even want to go into how it must look in others because this school they could still enter the premises and i think it is a tragedy that um that that is not only um have an impact of the lives of the people in KZN but also in the whole country. And I also want to <coughs> allude um salute the minister and the TM and the department for what they've already done and achieved. <laughs> but but um chairperson coming now from COVID and the devastation that COVID has, 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 has done within the education system. I don't even want to know and um, how we're going to deal with this situation. But I think um, the president has come forth and has, um, and has put this disaster and declared this disaster as a national disaster, which give us hope. But my question to the DM and, and, and the acting DG is, did you put time frames on, on, on the issue of getting our kids back to school? Um, because the issue here is, um, it is a tragedy, but how will we handle the the schooling of the kids? And if we look into the areas that has been affected, some of the areas is quite rural. 
And um, we are not there yet in this country with um, Wi-Fi and all the technology and all of that. I'm a bit worried about the education that will 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 be um, affected negatively again of our children. But I've got trust that we can we can look um, forward into getting some positivity out of this tragedy also. Then, Chairperson, <clears throat> in our last discussion with the department in this committee, I raised the issue of especially maths and science in our schools and um, the issue of um, Funza Lusaka and if we got the outcomes, I didn't hear, or maybe I missed it because I'm, my network isn't stable. I didn't hear in the presentation um, what is the outcomes on Funza Lusaka when it comes to the, the teachers that are delivered into medicine science in the country. Because I think... Um, the DM can, if the DM can remember in the last discussion, I was very serious about this issue of a shortage of maths teachers. Um, and then the other one is um, the issue of the um, ECTs and um, what is what is the hiccups that you may be experience into into the conversion of ECT into basic education? And then lastly, some <coughs> sorry, the the experience on the ground for for parents who must enroll their children in the system is that um can't we maybe, because it is so centralized, and especially in this province, in the townships um, and on the farms, it is, it is not easy for, for, for parents to do that enrollment because um, they, can, they will choose a venue where, where parents can go and can be assisted. But it is far from where the people stay. Um, maybe if if um, the department can give us an update, they don't have to do it now, but to get that information from the provinces to see how the centres where the, the parents are assisted are being placed within the communities um, when they must enroll the children to go to school. But Jefferson... Let me take this opportunity to also wish the minister, the DM, and the department well in all the hard work that they must still do in KZN and Eastern Cape. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Gillian. Is there any hand? Hello? There's, no There's no other hand, no? No. Oh, okay. 
Let me ask my questions. I've been covered by honorable members. My question now is how are schools supported financially to assist with payment of school governing body teachers? The second one, what is the long-term impact of the adjustment to the curriculum and assessment? Will the curriculum be recommended, especially with the context of the fourth industrial revolution? The last one, are there engagements with the higher education and training regarding tertiary education admission for matriculants? Thanks. That's that's my, my, my questions. So, Acting DM, not, not the Acting DM, Acting DG. DM, not Acting DM. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm confused yeah. <laughs> it was indicated, Chair, that Acting DG uh 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 can you please switch off your dm 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 can you please switch off your video please thank you to meet the the minister can you start again i'm sorry i i don't know if i'm audible Yes, ma'am. Can you please start again? Yes, I was saying, as it was reported earlier on, that the acting DG is on his way to KZN to meet the minister there. So he might not be in the meeting, even if he's in the meeting, he's around the airport trying to catch up the flight. So the team is led by the CFO, who will take the questions together with the, uh, the team members, then I will close the answering of the questions. Okay, thank you, TM. CFO, can you please lead us? Thank you, thank you. Thank you Chair. Thank you, DM. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll first ask uh, Ms. Nuga Deliwe deal with uh, those questions that you can deal with and we can ask other colleagues to to add uh, whatever will be left thank you chair miss um, nuga delue thank you thank you very much chairperson honorable chair and um, cfo and dm i will just deal with i think most of the questions were really sort of program specific um, dealing with the targets that we have um, in relation to to the different areas, whether it's governing bodies or or other uh, program areas, um, I had indicated um, that th- those really have come through a consultative process. So they have been consulted with their province provinces, but also within the department with our sister departments. So, for instance, I mentioned. The, the areas of work we're doing with other departments, Department of Higher Education, 
on ensuring that children are, uh, young people are prepared for the world of work and and um, and their post school opportunities. Um, this detail around uh, specifically uh, issues relating to the metric, I think the colleagues will, uh, will the colleagues in the, the curriculum section will and assessment section will deal with. But um, in in terms of areas of work and targets around uh, some of the NDP targets, we're working with sister departments in those areas. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks, uh, Carol. On the issues, uh, Dr. Pillay, are you able to deal with uh, the issues that relate to uh, your branch? Dr. Pillay? Yeah. Uh, good morning, Chair. Uh, good morning, my colleagues and honorable colleagues. Uh, Chair, in terms of this, <coughs> excuse me, I'm just. I'm in a sick bed, Chair, so please forgive me for that. In terms of the uh, teacher recruitment, particularly in terms of supply and demand for the various provinces, Chair, we will provide, uh, you know, a, a response to that in terms of the number of teachers per province. Um, in terms of the Funzal Rushaka graduates, Chair, what we can indicate is that at the moment, we have 5,062 uh, students for mathematics, for physical sciences, there are 1,848. For technical subjects, we have 2,874. And, uh, you know, we have quite a large group for indigenous South African languages. We have another 2,804. But, Chair, we will be able to provide all the necessary information, um, you know, via a written submission. Thank you, Chair. Thanks, thanks, Dr. Pillay. Uh, let me speak to the issues that uh, relate to the possible assistance to KZN. I think that question came up once or twice. We, we, we are currently still assessing the situation uh, as, 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 as uh, it has been very clear. And that's why the acting DG has gone to join the minister, both both ourselves at national as well as the provincial uh, 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 department led by the MEC, are assessing what the situation is. We've we've seen that in some cases, uh, learner support, LTSM learner teacher support material has been lost. But that assessment is still happening as to so that we can determine exactly what has been lost, what is needed. So, so, so uh, only after that assessment has been made will we know what, uh, what is the extent of the need and what is the extent of the, 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 the assistance that, is, that we can uh, give. But at this stage, we are not able to say what sort of assistance, how much assistance we will give, because we are still in, the, in that stage where we are, we are assessing. Uh, and another question that relates very closely to, to, to that is how will we assist the, the, the learners with regards to the recovery of uh, lost time? Uh, it, 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 it go 
goes hand in hand with uh, what I've just said. We'll have to assess. But given the experience that we have had uh, in the middle of COVID, especially in the 2020 school year, where everybody around the world was uh, cancelling school years, not everybody, some, some countries were cancelling school years, but we managed to, 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 to stick to, to the academic year and managed to complete it. We've, we've got a lot of lessons that we've learned from there. And although the KZN situation is very disastrous, fortunately, it's just in one province, unlike in the 2020 academic year where we had to deal with the whole country. So given the lessons that we have learned in 2020, after we've done the assessment, we should be able to, to deal with uh, whatever challenges that uh, would have been occasioned by this disaster, challenges that uh, would need us to, to, to save the school year for the province. Uh, let me see what other question I would have uh, uh, missed. Uh, Yes, there was a question on the SPG training uh, teachers that are funded through SPGs. That area is is basically an area which which, which resides within the provincial education departments. So so, so we, we, we should then after this have to go back to 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 get that information but because that that information doesn't necessarily reside within the dbe it's a it's a, it's a function that is done by the provinces mr mahad i think you 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 wanted to come in on 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 some of the issues i, I i'm not sure who, who of the other colleagues are here to deal with the, the other issues i can't see everybody who's here mr mahada Yes, Chair. I, I thought Mr. Mahada would be coming in. He was in the meeting. I'm I'm not sure what is what has happened because he 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 would know exactly who else is in the meeting to deal with us with some of the issues. But otherwise, Chair, those are the, the responses we've given. Whatever responses we've missed, we will go back and 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 and, and prepare written written. Uh, responses, Chair. I'll, I'll then hand over to the DM. Okay, DM. DM. Honorable DM. DM is lost in it. Chaperson, I don't see him. I don't see I don't see the DM in the meeting. Maybe maybe she she, she got bumped off. 
due to you... no anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, thanks. Let me know what thanks, you said. Okay. Thanks. FPFO. So, can you please reply in written, written the, 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 the questions, ne? Yes, you're going to reply by uh, by written down and send to the secretary. We'll do that. And the secretary will send to us. Okay, members, is there anything? For the department. Remember, we covered. Oh, okay. Thank you. So let me say the department can leave us. Thank you about everything. We wish you go well in the in KZN. And you must do a better job because it is really bad. Yes, I know even Eastern Cape is really bad, but it's worse in KZN. So can you please leave, uh, the department can leave now, so we're going to sort our things. Thank you very much. Ne? Thank you, thank you, Chair, and thank you to members. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Hello, Chair. What else? Is it minute or is there a, a, a program of the second term? Yes, we've got two sets of minutes. Okay, can you flight the minutes? Members, here are the minutes of the 16th March. Here is page one. Anyone in page one? Anything in page one? Let's go to page two. Page two. Let's go to page three, Tando. Anything in page three? Let's go to page four. Page five. Page six. Members, here are the minutes. Can we add up the minutes?
members. Honorable Malika or Honorable Hihi. Hello. Hello. Yes, I it was Malika. I was moving. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Honorable Malika. The second. I will second chairperson. Okay, thank you. Honorable who? Honorable Kilian. Yes, it's Honorable Kilian, Chair. Oh, okay, thank you. Let's go to the second set. Members, here are the minutes of the 9th March 2022. Here's page one. Go to page two. Page three. Page four. Page five. Page six. Page seven. Page eight. Page nine. Thank you, Tando. Members, here are the sets of minutes. Move for the adoption, Chairperson, Member Killian. Okay, thank you, Member Killian. The second, huh? Christian, second. Okay, Honorable Christian, thank you very much. Tando, is there anything? Uh, it's the committee program, Chair. Yes. Members, here are the committee program. Flight Tando. Chairperson. Yes. Can 
I asked if, if Tando can read um, through that because I can't see anything on my phone. Eh? Okay, Tando, can you flight it or can you read it? All right, sir. Uh, all right, honourable members. Um, the draft program is as follows: uh, today, Wednesday, the twentieth of April, uh, it's the consideration and adoption of draft minutes, uh, second term committee program, and then we were supposed to get a briefing from DPE. And the following PEDs on there, 2022-2023 APPs and budgets, Eastern Cape, Free State and Gauteng. Uh, as the acting chair indicated earlier, we couldn't get the presentations from the three PEDs due to the fact that uh, they didn't submit the documents on time. The only document that I received was a draft APP from Gauteng. So the briefing by the PEDs had to be postponed uh, till further notice. I still have to uh, get a date so that I can schedule a briefing by those three PEDs. And then next week is the 20, it's Wednesday, the 27th of April. So it's no, you. Just a minute, Tando. I'm sorry. Before we skip to 27, eh? members. There's this report about these provinces, which is Eastern Cape, Free State, Gauteng, didn't submit the report. What is in your, what is in, in the, what can we do? Because they're supposed to give us the reports, but they didn't give us the reports. That's why I raised my hand because I'm very concerned. I am very concerned because this is not the first time that um, the the departments um, in the provinces and the MECs is undermining the committee. And last time, Chair, if you can remember, I've asked that. Uh, a letter be written to the chairperson of the NCOP to bring this um, type of undermining. I can't call it a, a, another word because it's not the first time that it's happening. The undermining of the select committee from the different provinces to write a letter to the chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Masondo, to bring this behavior under his attention so that he can follow it up with the speakers of the different legislatures. I will I will stand on the proposal again, Chairperson. Okay, thank you, Honorable Gillian. Any member want to take? Um, Honorable Christians, 
Um, yes, Chairperson, I completely, I completely agree with um, Honourable Gillian. I think that it should be taken further. Um, as noted, it's not the first time that this has happened. So we have to prevent it from happening in the future again. So I think it's very important that we do note it to the Chairperson of the NCOP and that we get some kind of response from the departments. Thank you, Chairperson. All right. Thank you, Honourable Christian. I agree with you, honorable members. It's real serious. It's not the first time. It's not the second time. I agree with you. But unfortunately, parties in TTM just vanished or maybe it's a load shedding. I want to report that. But let's go. Let's go to Wednesday 27th. All right, Chair. Um, Wednesday, the 27th of April, it's a Human Rights Day, so it's a holiday. And that mm -hmm. followed by the Wednesday, the 4th of May. Uh, the proposal for Wednesday, the 4th of May, is that the committee uh, gets briefings from the following PEDs on the year 2022-2023 APPs and budgets. It's KZN, Limpompo, and Pumalanga. Uh, that Wednesday followed by Wednesday the 11th of May. And the proposal there is for the committee to get briefings from uh, the Northwest, the Northern Cape, and the Western Cape. PEDs on their 2022-2023 APPs and budgets. Uh, then Wednesday, the 18th of May, uh, the proposal is for the committee to get a briefing uh, from the Department of Higher Education and Training on their 2022-2023 APP and budget. Followed by Wednesday, the 25th of May, uh, the proposal there is for the committee to get a briefing uh, from the Department of Science and Innovation on their APP and budget. And also uh, consideration and adoption of draft minutes and budget vote 16 reports, which is the report, the report on the budget vote of the Department of Basic Education. Uh, the 25th of May, followed by Wednesday, the 1st of June. Proposal there is for the committee to consider and adopt uh, the budget vote for the Department of Higher Education and Training and to also get a briefing from the Department of Sport, Arts and Culture on the year 2022-2023 APP and budget. Uh, that Wednesday followed by Wednesday the 8th of June. Proposal there is for the committee to consider and adopt a budget vote 35 report, which is a report for the budget vote of the Department of Sport arts and culture and uh, to get a briefing from the Department of Basic Education and 
the provincial education departments on their plans to deal with infrastructure challenges as well as on progress on completed infrastructure projects. That Wednesday followed by uh, the 15th of June. Uh, proposal is for the committee to also get a briefing from uh, the, is the continuation of the briefing from the Department of Basic Education and uh, PEDs on their plans to deal with infrastructure challenges and progress on completed infrastructure projects. Uh, that followed by Wednesday, the, 20, the 22nd of June. A proposal uh, there is for the committee to get a briefing from the Department of Basic Education on the following. One, state of readiness to take over the ECT function from social development. Two, initial teacher training on maths and science subjects. Uh, how many funds are how many funds are students are taking maths and how many have completed during the last five years? Number three in service training or teacher development and capacity building. Uh, what programs is uh, DBE doing to effect to DBE going to effectively capacitate? Uh, train teachers for technical maths, including review of technical maths curriculum. And number four, support for learners enrolled for maths, science, and technical maths subjects. And that will be followed by a constituency period from the 27th of June. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Tando members. Here are the program. Anything you want to add? Or we adopt the program as it is. Chairperson, sorry, I will move for the adoption of the program, but I want to ask the administration to also to keep in touch with the portfolio committee because um, I can foresee that there will be a report that will be given to the portfolio committee from the department and the minister. So when that um, meeting is happening, and, and the report of the damage and the and 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 the restoration of the education system in KZN and Eastern Cape, whether we as the select committee can be called into that meeting and if they can't make it a joint meeting. Thank you, Chair. Okay, thank you, Honorable Pillion. Any second? Any second, members? Chairperson, um, yes, I, I, would, I would like to second, however, if 
we can just acknowledge the fact that we did not get the reports from those three provinces and that a date, a later date should then be scheduled for those provinces to report. But I second them, yes. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Honorable Christian. Tando? Tando? Yes, sir. We have a Muslim girls out to reschedule in Antigua eight years in Antigua's provinces, ne? Yes, sir. And in a letter, I go on a promasondo. Yes, sir. Please, Nantongi. Is there anything? No, there's nothing else, sir. Okay, let me close the meeting. Thank you, honorable members. I'm sorry if I make a flop. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to be a chaperson. So now you did great, you did great, uh, Member Dungeni. Hello? I'm saying you did great. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable Gillian. Yes, you thank did you well, person. <laughs> okay, thank you, Honorable Christian. Thank you very much. Let's adjourn the meeting. Thank you, Chair. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. All right, bye. Bye, Recording stopped.